Aloha, this is Dr. Tiki, and my prescription for you is to listen to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We will tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It will make us duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you've been guilty of witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message you will bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye bye Saturday night. Good evening, everybody. It's TalkCast 174, and in the future, nobody can hear you scream, or if they can, they just basically don't care. Deep in Area 51 on the sub-level I-405 past the Slauson cutoff. Take a left at the Slauson and cut it off behind the book burning <laughs> for alternate heating and air conditioning next to the fried green tomato body wrap and Frogert hut. I am the Dome, and in the future, I would want to know if that guy, you know the guy, the guy who's been doing all those bad sci-fi movies, uh, not not the day the Earth stood still. Philip K. Dick. Not, not that guy. Sean no. Bean. No, he <laughs> just dies. The guy did. John Travolta. John Travolta. <laughs> oh. Oh. He's never made a good movie in his life because he's so ugly. Oh. <laughs> Well, there's another one to add. To <laughs> yeah, winter, go for tonight, it. Ladies and gentlemen. Go for it. <laughs> and we will no longer have any Scientologists on the show. Either, no, so. no longer? <laughs> have we had one? Who knows? Dick Cheney? <laughs> I don't think you guys need to worry about alienating Scientologists. Dick Cheney? Or evidently Dick any Scientologists either, but that's okay. Joining the talk cast tonight, the What does rubber suspects. have to do with this? Absolutely nothing. In the review time <laughs> vortex, violent soundboard vixen, queen of tech, chief architect of all that is technical, queen of petroleum unstable byproducts, and working a new soundboard tonight. I'd like Kriana. to thank Ambrosia Software, and also I'd like to say that queen of tech, I've also seen spelled queen of the damned. <laughs> heard it both ways. And some people say... Huh? That, that was a really good movie. <laughs> Only when they're high. <laughs> I've never said it was a good movie. I said I, as a teenager, really enjoyed the soundtrack. Uh huh. Oh well, you, you said it was a really good movie, good. but you high on Vicodin at the time. <laughs> Sorry. From the stacks of her personal silent zone in the dank dungeon reading room, cool, calm, and collected. There was a robot. She knew the robot. It's Sombrarian. And in the future, there will be a robot again. Beep, boop, boop. From the four color Conference in Manchester, New Hampshire. A young lady who finally decided, hey, what the hell? There's a show. I might as well do it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> With Barnabas the zombie cat, it's the dead redhead. Barnabas is here. No, I just didn't want to miss Eric because when we met him, he was very cool. So, well, I didn't get to meet him, so I, I want him tonight. Damn it! 
What? Um, I mean, <laughs> what? I don't know if that came out. The oh, way it did. It, it came out exactly how I wanted it to. <laughs> Eric, you're a popular man tonight. I need an adult. The Danger Dome is all mine. That came, that came out exactly the way I wanted it too. <laughs> <laughs> I might need more than one adult. <laughs> Two redheads and a brunette. I don't know. <laughs> and baby's arm holding hey, it I'm up. not bad. I'm just drawn Whoa, that way. Jar? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a creepy jar when you're quoting song lyrics, sweetheart. In the future, <laughs> Dome takes every joke that just that step too far. <laughs> <laughs> also in the past, also in the present. <laughs> the present. Thank you. Our guest for the hour tonight is author Eric Nunnally, whom we met at KamikazeCon in Manchester, New Hampshire, a couple of weeks back, and uh, seemed to be a hell of a nice guy. Eric, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone. Yay! Should, I, wait, should I say something uh, about the future as well? Sure. In the future, I will be one of the precious few survivors of the apocalypse. I guarantee it. Dun, okay. dun, dun. <laughs> oh, were we supposed to say something about the future? I'm sorry, I missed that part of the meeting. Yeah, you missed the whole <laughs> meeting. The meeting. There was a meeting? Okay. <laughs> I In the future, Dead Redhead will attend the meetings. That's right. That's right. So I'm sorry, my other life got in the way of everything, which happens you know, sometimes. You're unimportant. Like you're un undead life? Uh, That's correct. Right? So the weirdest well, no, there was tons of odd news. Was this there? Week. What? But the oddest <laughs> well, the oddest one for me has to do with Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill? George Hamilton. Oh no, and Mark <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> Dome, are you high? My mother would so go see that movie. <laughs> Are you having a flashback I mean, to Vietnam? George Hamilton is as the, the tanned Darth Vader. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so Carrie Fisher made it official uh, announcing uh, that she was going to be in Star Wars episode Star Wars seven. fans everywhere went... Oh. <laughs> and, then, and then Disney made her deny it. And, and then George Lucas then, was like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, that's happening. <laughs> also, it's not way, just her. It's also Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford. So there you go. I'm going to go gum some more oatmeal. Harrison <laughs> <laughs> Ford had better say, you kids get off my lawn at least. Senile Han Solo, everyone. Han can't shoot first because he forgot where he put his blaster. <laughs> what was going to say he was having dysfunction problems? <laughs> He's having but, blaster okay. dysfunction issues. If you know That's what I right. mean, wink, wink. <laughs> Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. As long as he's not lying you know. in a bathtub at the end of it. But that's okay. Well, I guess it's pretty clear that this is supposed to be in the future of the future, since they're all wicked old at this point. God, one can only hope. 
Yeah. It's a really sad flashback. What are the other? Old is wicked old there, Eric. <laughs> like forget how forget the whole this is gonna be about They must their be at least forty thing. This is gonna be about their grandkids. They must be at least forty. <laughs> I think I think Harrison Ford is somewhere in his late sixties. <laughs> maybe funny. early seventies, who knows? Let's we, Wikipedia yeah, will tell us. Yeah, maybe early seventies. Wikipedia will tell us he yeah, is, is seventy old. years old. Oh my Man. gosh. He's older than Dome and Illustrator X. <laughs> well, I'm older than Illustrator no, you're not. X. Yeah. So. No, you're not. The undead or ageless dead redhead. That's true. I am ageless because I'm undead. The cool thing well, is... You know what? If these three are still alive, if they're still alive at the time that they start filming these flicks, they might use some of that technology they've been using to make a lot of these older actors look young. <laughs> Mark Hamill is 61 and he looks like crap. <laughs> He's had a hell of a life, though. He is not. <laughs> He's not melting no. well, no. And, and no. Carrie Fisher no. now looks more like Jabba the Hutt and is 56. Oh, oh, hey, no, we don't do yes, that here. We do all the time. No, I got, what are you but I got to tell you, Carrie Fisher is oh, one of those semi regulars on the Late Late Show with Craig really? Ferguson. Oh yes, and, and her brain, her wit, uh, is is just spot on. Uh, like, if by spot on, you mean she's focus. coked out all the time? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. Well, I was going to say she's sober now, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, she's totally yes. sober. You, re you realize she's been... Rihanna, that's why she oh, looks okay. like Jabba is because she's... Ouch. <laughs> no, sober she was bad. Out and, and part of it is the years of shock therapy she's been getting. That is true. <laughs> Which is why she can't focus on anything. She's had a very hard life, actually. So, so what, are you saying and, that Star and... Wars is more like a curse? The only no. one who hasn't is Harrison Ford. He's still look. Well he, he's he's <laughs> gumming his oatmeal with George Lucas. He did oh. make Indiana Jones four, which was all right. He's actually older mistake. than George Lucas. George Lucas is sixty eight. I know. Oh, wow. And look who he's why married work, to. Why did he ever work for that punk kid? Then, huh? Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Huh? You figured what the hell? You know, I'll give the kid a break. First, right. Lucas, you get off my lawn. <laughs> He's gumming his oatmeal. <laughs> Are you channeling X tonight? I know. <laughs> you sound exactly like no, him. I'm channeling Harrison You sound exactly Ford. like X, though. Well, X and Harrison Ford I mean, sound it, a lot alike. Just the way we're going, <laughs> if we're missing either X or the dead redhead, you know, you're a dead ringer. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, I, I can fill in get the off whole my cast. Lawn. <laughs> You know, the, it, it, Star Wars has got some really odd stuff going on in the whole Star Wars universe right now. Uh, we had uh, Ashley from uh, Clone Wars who on. Who plays who now, Dom? Oh, God, don't even. I don't Her even Her name know is Ahsoka Tano. Tano. Get it right! Your mama what? <laughs> your, your mama oh what? Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. This is a so, feminist sci-fi podcast now. You it is, <laughs> and her name is Ahsoka Tano, and she's a brilliant, beautiful entrepreneur, and she's awesome. And, well, her name is Ashley. Excellent. Well, yeah, a, I mean, and Ashley is awesome. And Ashley is awesome. And Ashley is awesome. When she's an animated character, she's Ahsoka Tano. Awesome <laughs> too, I think. 
Well, she's a female so, Jedi, yes. so yes. yes. But, you know, just as we get Ashley on, she's talking about how wonderful it is and how much fun she's having doing, doing Clone Wars. It's been... Cancel. Well, I think they're ending it. All right, all right. So the thing about the Clone Wars is it was always going to be a finite thing because it takes place between episodes right. two and three. And so I think what they're doing is giving it a graceful ending. It's yeah. not our fault, is it? No. <laughs> God, I hope they, not. They have time Probably to wrap not. it up, though. They're, they're going to wrap it up, and you're going to find out what happens to everyone, and then it's going to just segue nicely into episode three. That's the idea. Well, there's, okay. there's only one conclusion to this, right? Well, actually, no. We right. we don't it's, we don't know what we don't know we don't know what die. happens to Ashley's character. So that's that's something to find out. Uh, because Ashley's character was a construct that didn't really well, exist. You know, right? So why isn't United she film. in the film? Does she die? Is she going to show up later? What's going to happen? We don't, we don't know, know. But we're going to have to watch Nanny? and find out. I mean, no. Joan, that's like saying Harley is a construct. Do you see Harley Quinn as a construct? No, I see Harley Quinn as one of the hottest oh, villains ever. Okay. <laughs> she's Just kind of a sidekick, though. She's, she's not really a supervillain in her own right. She's a sidekick. Well, it depends on when you see her. And so, as we learn Mr. from the movie J. Sky High... Sidekicks are important. I, I didn't say they weren't important. I'm saying she's not a supervillain. She's a supervillain sidekick, Mr. J. And, she's totally and, a supervillain sidekick. And but in terms of her sexiness, is that before or after the change? And she's a psychologist in her oh, own right. You know what I picked up this weekend? Uh, Birds of Prey, the uh, the DVD Everyone of the series. That. Well, <laughs> it wasn't necessarily uh, uh, needed. But it was really interesting for two two things, uh, well three things. One, it was on sale, Woo-hoo! so it was that was a good thing. <laughs> but two, uh, there was an odd little backstory to Harley Quinn in that, uh, and it really took part of the comic book uh, mythos and added in uh, some of its own, and it was really really interesting. And three. The one thing that I was kind of totally aware of and feel kind of stupid about is that I guess while this that series was on for that one season, there was also a web series at the same they time. They had a web series back then? What? Yes. I didn't know that. And I, that. I, found that I don't, I don't think you can feel stupid DVD. about not knowing about that because who had a web series in the 90s? Nobody! Everyone was on dial-up. No one could stream that crap. It took you three hours to you watch. Get a pass on yeah, it, they were so. ahead of their time. Kudos. And, and it's and it's actually quite good. So if you if you happen to see that in in the uh, used bin at Newberry's or wherever you happen to go, uh, it's worth the pickup. And it's really really neat. Was it live action or was it some kind of animated thing? Kind of both. It's it's oh, all. Wait, wait, wait. For for our folks who are out of the New England area, because we oh, we yeah, do have family. <laughs> Newberry's does not exist everywhere. No, here in New England, we have an amazing chain called Newberry Comics, and that's it's comics. Which rarely sells comics, by the way. That's true. They sell more more CDs and and stuff like that. But um, comics in the back. As opposed to, there are places in the country where Newberry's was like part of McCrory's, which if you're not from that area, you have no idea what a McCrory's is, but it's kind of like a five and dime type. I'm just, I'm just clarifying 
for our folks who are from outside New England. And if you New have butter, be clarifying oh, that there. later as well. Up is down, left is what? right, soda is pop. <laughs> soda is pop. will never be pop. And hoagie cool. <laughs> but only when it's hoagie Carmichael. Moving forward. Oh, <laughs> It's not pop when it's tonic. Oh, good Lord. That's right. You now know we're going to get into that. Um, where are we going? What's next on the list of crap we want to talk about tonight? <laughs> oh, you want to talk about crap? Ready for this crap? Go for it, babe. So DC, ah, I knew that. Full of crap. <laughs> crap, crap, crap. Crap, crap, crappy DC comics. And hires bag of crap. <laughs> oh. Orson Scott Card. Oh God, here's somebody oh, else we can put on the list. Who's only? only very very small redeeming quality is that he wrote ender's game um not even most of the sequels there's like one sequel that's good so you there's like ghost of java if right now is throwing stuff at you no i think you'd agree <laughs> with me as a human being orson scott card is a bag of crap oh my <laughs> he is a terrible human being and Can, deserves you care to back that up with anything? what you care to back up that that he is an anti-gay activist. Okay. He okay. said horrible things about women as a gender. Oh, has he? He has, and what? he's a dick. Like what? What's one of? The, I know about the anti-gay thing, but what is he? What has he said about women? I forget. T- probably typical sexist stuff <laughs> that you would expect to come from a bag of crap like Orson Scott Card. I'm <laughs> a Dave Sim man. He's he's a bag of crap that produced one good thing. Okay. Um, so and, and oh so see, being idiots, thought, oh well, his book is being made into a movie. Let's hire him to do something. And so what they hired that? him to write Superman. Oh my god! And then there was backlash because Orson Scott Card is a bag of crap. Okay. <laughs> And everybody was like, how could you hire this bag of crap to write Superman? And they were like, here, let us appease you. We'll just toss out there that Batwoman is going to propose to her girlfriend. There. That will make everyone happy. Feel better now? False. Uh, Um, The artist who is supposed to draw the adventures of Superman that Orson Scott Card is writing... Uh-huh. Quit. Good for Said, him. I will not work with him. Who was the him. artist? Do we know who the artist was? Yes. Chris Sprouse. Oh, he's been at one of the Boston Comic Cons before. Not the last year's one, but he's been there before. So good for you, Chris Sprouse. Is he going to be there this year, do we know? I do not know. We can find out. Let's find out if he's going to be at Boston Comic Con. If I'd like so, to... I would like to give him a medal. If so, I'd like to have him on the show. <laughs> And hanging on a rainbow ribbon. I'll I'll check and see if I can find anything out right now. Awesome. Because Chris Sprouse is a bag of diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Orson Scott Card is a bag of crap. I think we've established that, and I thank you for that. <laughs> and I love Ender's, which makes me even matter that Orson Scott Card is a bag of crap. He bought out very gracefully, too. I'm, I'm he just, did. Uh, I'm just reading his little statement here. It's like he, he didn't 
he, he phrased it in such a way, he arranged it in such a way that it doesn't look like, oh, I'm hating on Orson Scott Card. He comes out clean. Yeah, he does. It it does not look like Mr. Sprouse is supposed to be there this year. Shoot. That's a shame. Well, let's try and get him on anyway. What the hell? Well, we can, yeah, we'll talk about yeah, that in, in a show meeting or something. Yeah, Instead absolutely. of on the air. Nah, we'll <laughs> talk about it on the air. What the hell? So somebody talk about something else, or I'm just going to call Orson Scott Card a bag of crap again. Go okay. for it. Uh, uh, so, uh, anybody remember what Torchwood was like? When it was good? Like five yeah. years ago? Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Before season, the last Before the last two. Remember season one and season two? Remember season one and season two of Torchwood when it was really, really good? Yeah. 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 I kind of wish that we could go back there, but we can't. Nope. Barrowman is Captain Jack. Really, really wanted a fifth season. But season four and season three pretty much killed it. Okay, Dome, you do know why. Because he heard how much you love Arrow. So he's not going to do Torchwood again. You know, that's that's a whole other thing. The reality is, Arrow just keeps getting better and better and better and better and better. Um, I wonder how long they can keep it up. I don't know, but Jesus, God in heaven above, it's really good right now. Holy crap. <laughs> yes, it is. But, you know, after Torchwood, uh, children... Uh, what the heck was that? Children of, children of Earth. Yeah, Children of Earth. Which was their highest... Disturbing. It was disturbing. It was scary. It was their highest rated uh, ever. And they killed off the cast. Yep. Kind of. You can't well, kill Jack. They, can't, they couldn't kill Jack and they, and they couldn't kill Gwen because of her snaggletooth, oh, evidently. Uh, I will never understand that. Sorry. Neither. So now, where do you go? Well, clearly, you go to America and take out the last vestige of what was interesting and odd about Torchwood, which was being set in Wales. So, yeah, that sounds like something people would do. So the chances are very, very bad that we're ever going to see a season five. It's never been officially canceled. Uh, it's... it's <laughs> Uh, Russell Davies has said repeatedly, hey, who knows, Doctor Who came back after a 10-year hiatus or a 20-year hiatus. Torchwood could do the same thing, but it ain't happening anytime soon. Yes, but Doctor Who was on how many years before it went on hiatus? Uh, officially, crap loads. Like 30? <laughs> so, also, like I said, Doctor Who had the mechanism built in so that they could hire a new actor. Right. That's right. That's if right. If they reboot Torchwood in thirty Actually, years, you know what, you John Barrowman's going to need no, 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 a lot no, no, of work no. They done. they could totally reboot <laughs> Torchwood with a whole new Torchwood. Yeah, they could. Yeah, the Torchwood cast could, except Gwen would probably no! be part of it. <laughs> oh no, Gwen's daughter will finally be an adult. Oh, Gwen? and by by the way, are you gonna, are you telling me that John Barrowman doesn't plan on having a crap work of lo uh, crap load of now, over the years, he's going to age gracefully. You can tell already. 
he's gonna be like really attractive gonna as he be? gets older because he's he's already gorgeous. Well, yeah, but he's going to continue to be really attractive, and he won't need work done in the anyway. future. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we also like in the past? We had a poll. Yeah. Already that time already. Oh my god! See what happens when you talk about a crapload of (laughs) of what's his name. (laughs) Yeah, this is your fault. This is all your fault, Zabrian. Totes. It's a bag of crap. So we did. We actually had a poll, and we took it from two weeks ago. It got mentioned on the air. We were talking about who should play, what actress should play She-Hulk if they put She-Hulk in one of the Avengers movies or give her her own movie or what have you. And so we have our drum roll, our non-existent drum roll, please. Sorry, guys. I don't know why that's so hard. Uh, You know, you know, it's not hard. Probably it require looking. <laughs> I always forget. Now I I would like okay I'll do the top three actually it's we have a tie what a surprise so I'll do the top four names and then we have some really interesting names I have. yeah we need to talk about a couple of those we had some very interesting names but are any of them Megan Fox our, our, yes our tops are coming in at number three is Julie Strain. Which I'm sorry, I think that's a really good. Oh, although she might be a little old at this point. No offense, Julie, you're still gorgeous. I met her in person. The woman is an Amazon. She, I really think she should play <laughs> Hippolyta in the Wonder Woman, Woman movie, Wonder Woman's mother, because yeah. she's just, she's tall and she's so beautiful. You want to hate her, but she's too nice to hate. So, um, so yeah, Julie Strain, and then coming, we had a tie for number two. And that was between Lucy Lawless and Lila Ali. Oh, yeah. Either one would be amazing. Don would actually like to see an arm wrestle between those two. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> coming, in at number one, coming in at number one, very interesting choice, is China, the wrestling maven. Yeah. <laughs> That's number I one. Thought of it that, that, yeah, that she will... and that makes sense to me, like a lot of sense. Well, you know what? For a while, she actually kind of looked like she could have been Wonder Woman. The problem is, from what I understand, the acting might have been an issue. I don't yeah, know. I don't, China, please don't hurt me. But um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know firsthand. I've not seen you anything. But that's what I had heard. But I thought that she actually looked like Wonder Woman, certainly for a while. I um, think her most recent career moves would probably take her off the map for that. Oh yeah, she's doing porn, isn't she? Oh yes. She's doing like the porno versions of of Marvel Avengers or whatever it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Bounce she's hardcore. Like a bow, wow. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> but we had some really... In- we had somebody who put the zombie B. Arthur in. <laughs> that, that was an interesting one. Uh, not quite as interesting as Rosie O'Donnell, but... Somebody had what? Rosie O'Donnell. Somebody put in Joan Jep. I'm sorry. Joan Jep's too tiny. She's this tiny little thin person. But that yeah. would almost be interesting. Yeah, but she hasn't got the stature to play either... That's not She-Hulk. 
either She Hulk or or Jennifer Walters. But isn't Bruce Banner supposed to be kind of tiny? Yeah, yeah. but Jennifer's all re- always big, isn't she? Now yeah. The- no. Yeah. Jennifer- no. 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 When I mean, when she's not She Hulk, she's kind of a, a brown-haired, mousy, you know, mousy in appearance, a small woman. Oh. Well, then that well, Jet might work in that in that case. Because you know they're going to CGI She-Hulk, so exactly. So they could. It doesn't really matter how. I'm just imagining the gallons of green they could body paint. Do it. No! Oh God, no! Not Jada Pinkett, please. <laughs> that would mean Will Smith would get more and more well, airtime. Will Smith, you yes. <laughs> And I would like to take credit for one of our fans put me in for for one of the she-hawks so thank you is very that, is that much, a compliment Cameron. i appreciate it. <laughs> i will because he said that i could be the the undead she-hawk Aww. <laughs> Aww. that's cute so, i have no idea what we're going to do for for next week we'll figure uh, something out yeah it's almost should... spring something to do with spring We'll try to think of something for spring, because, you know, this whole moving your clock stuff has got to go. I Time travel. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one for, for the moving the clock, clocks. Time travel. <laughs> I caught myself. I caught myself. Huh. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> no, that that's a good one for the moving of the clocks. Um, yeah, because this whole, I hate this whole time Oh yeah, yeah. But we are in the future, and in the we future, just, there the is future. no daylight savings time. That would make me happy. There's daylight losing time, and that's all. Yeah. There's daylight. Oh my god, I'm so tired. Yeah, pretty. It does. It ruins everything. It's just an hour. And oh, an hour I have somewhere it. to be this Sunday morning, and then you wake up, and you're already supposed to be there. You're already an hour <laughs> late. Yeah, nice move there. <laughs> And then there's a marathon on your way. What? That doesn't happen to anyone. I, I know. Let's talk to the guests. We have a guest. We have a <laughs> guest. Uh, Eric Nunley is joining us. Actually, he's been with us the entire hour. We met Eric at, at Kamikaze Con uh, as part of the uh, Court. Uh, who's with that group? Who's with the Harlem? Wow. You realize that changing my medication right before the show was probably a bad idea. It's because Mercury's in retrograde. I'm telling you, this has been one of the worst. I know you guys are going to think that I'm this big Vermont crunchy granola person now, but I'm serious. This There has been proof. Mercury going into retrograde just screws up everything. Damn it, Mercury. I hear this often. It does. How do you control for that? You don't. You just have to know when it's happening and not... No, something. like to do an experiment to prove it. Well, obviously then when Mercury isn't in retrograde everything's just fucking beach. No, no, no. It would be... <laughs> when, I, when I'm in my other... When I have my other regular um, not dead, but... Real life committed cat. job, yes. Here we go. Um, there for a while when I was doing emergency services, we tracked it. And everything always got worse when Mercury was in retrograde. Everything. That's in no way going to be a confirmation bias. Oh. <laughs> I think that has everything to do with what your measure of worse is. My measure of worse is, could I get a word out of my goddamn mouth? Yeah. 
<laughs> right now the answer is no. Anyhow, we met Eric at Kamikaze Con. He was part of the group from the New England Horror Writers Association. Eric and I had a, a rather interesting conversation, and, and at the end of it, I, Dead Redhead and I kind of said, well, why don't you just come on the show and we'll talk about it there. So, Eric, welcome to the show. Yay! <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's good to be here. So how does a graphic designer uh, who, who's also into Muay Thai kickboxing become a horror writer? <laughs> uh, it was a long and interesting path. Um, my, you know what, I blame my mom for this. She, instead <laughs> of, instead of reading, um, sort of the usual childhood dreck, she actually started out, started me out reading comic books. And it was Woo! like, you know, Kirby's Fantastic Four and Thor nice. and things like that. Yeah. Oh, and from there, I was always interested in this stuff. But um, I don't know. I got off the path somewhere along the way. I went to art school. Instead of sticking with illustration, I went design, thinking that, oh, I'm never, I'll never make money doing illustration. <laughs> so in the back of your mind, as, as you're going through your art school and doing your... Uh, uh, Actually, after getting out of the Marine Corps... Yeah, I was going to say, Eric's kind of a jock for such a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) This is is why I'm going to survive the apocalypse. On this show, that is a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) So, come, you get out of the service, you go to art school... And somewhere in there, as you're becoming a graphic designer, you go back to your roots and start both writing and, and drawing comic strips and science fiction and, and, and fantasy and horror. And Yeah, that was essentially how it went down. When I was in um, uh, the last couple of years I was in college, I painted a comic for a little publication that, that Mass Art was doing. And that was the first time I had the idea for the book, um, Blood for the Sun, that I sold recently to Spent City. And that'll be coming out in March 2014. But that was the, the first time I did that. And that was like 1990, the late 90s, that, uh, that I had the kernel of that idea. And sci-fi and horror, you know, I consider them to be inextricably linked. I mean, unless you're talking about you know, strictly human-based horror, yeah, all, all of it's very, you know, the two genres are so very similar. And I just really always got a kick out of werewolves and things like that, and and there we go. And it's, I always had ideas for stories, but I I think I had never really given myself the time or or even had the courage to write this stuff down and try to make something of it. What was the impetus for, for that first short story then? Um... The first, well, I wrote the book first, and it took a long time to sort of, um, I was going to, like, adult ed classes and writing groups and things like that and and conferences and meeting more people doing these things. Um, Coincidentally, the first story I sold was a science fiction story, uh, which, you know, was my first love. Uh, That was Who Bears the Lays? Right. And then uh, I sold a second short story. Um, to the anthology, a little time travel story, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm barely writing any sci-fi, but I'm selling that. 
and uh, and I've been spending a lot of time writing. I probably I'm probably written more horror than I've written science fiction, but you know we'll see how that goes. So the book is definitely a paranormal kind of horror thriller. So at the at the same time, you you sell uh, Who Bears the Lathe to uh, an e magazine called uh, what is it e fiction? Yeah, they uh, e fiction. Um, was one magazine for a while, and then they decided, well, we want to try to cater to some of the genre stuff, so they spun off a few different titles, e-horror, e-sci-fi, uh, e-noir, and uh, e- the e-sci-fi issue was the first one, was their inaugural issue, and that's what I got the story in. It is currently available on Amazon. I, I'm old. <laughs> and because no. of that I hey 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 be nice and get the hell off my lawn <laughs> so you know when when I started going through uh, Lost in Transition I'm sorry mm-hmm. who bears the lathe uh, and I'm reading okay E Magazine uh, I mean do they sell do they do they work the same way in, uh, uh, a regular magazine works? Is it? I, I don't yeah. get it. <clears throat> I, I, they do. Um, one of the, you know, there's so many advantages to doing these um, these e-publications. Um, for one thing, you have more, a lot more diversity and competition amongst you know people who are publishing that way. Um, you can have multiple versions, so you can read it on your computer or your Kindle or, you know, your, your uh, um, what is it, the Nook, there's a Code, all kinds of nutty things out there. And the cost for doing it is so much lower than actually printing stuff and, and mailing it out. And I, I think it is pretty successful. I think it's doing a lot to keep more writing alive. Um, like you're seeing more novellas in the e-format. Nobody wants to print novellas anymore. Um anthologies, there's probably just as many anthologies in e-format as there are in print. Anytime there's a print one, they release it as e nowadays. But I think it's, uh, I think it's doing a lot to, and, to help. And that was kind of the, the foot in the doorway for you that, that, yeah. got, that got your, that got you feeling as if this was a positive way to move forward for you. This was actually something that could work. It did. It really did. Um, it was just so surprising to actually, because up to then it was nothing but rejections. You know, years and years of rejections, in fact. And, and then getting this one, I was like, oh, well, look at that. You know, I, mean, I appreciate technology and future stuff, so. <laughs> and, and then there was a short story of yours, Lost in Transition, uh, that won something called a One Hamburger Contest. <laughs> Man, you got that all conflated. <laughs> okay, help me out here then. All right, Lost in Transition is a comic strip. Oh, I'm together. sorry, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Who bears the lathe? Who bears the lathe was the the short sci-fi story. And that okay. you know when we were talking at Kamikaze, the reason why that came up is you had mentioned that you had Ellison on your show. Right. Yes. And and we were talking about the dreams with teeth that uh, documentary that just demonstrates exactly how crazy he is. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and there's a scene in there where um, he sort of monologues 
his stories. Actually, there's a few scenes like that. And one of them he's doing is, I think it's, um, uh, what is it, the Harlequin and the TikTok Man? Is that the yes. title? Yes, Harlequin and the TikTok Man. Yep. There we go. He does the first few paragraphs of that. And uh, that actually inspired me to write the lays. I, I cannot explain how, but like the opening, when I first wrote it, the opening scene sort of had the same rhythm of uh, dialogue back and forth. And then it just kind of spun out from there. And that's where that came from. And the, uh, the Lost in Transition, the comic strip, I had gotten uh, laid off from a job, uh, I guess four or five years ago. And... I had always wanted to do a comic strip. And uh, I had I just never felt like I had any ideas that had any legs. And this one came to me when I had all the time in the world to work on it. And, uh, <laughs> Funny how that <laughs> <and> I, works. <laughs> yeah, ironic. Um, I can do something that earns me absolutely nothing while I'm laid <laughs> off. Makes so perfect started working sense on to that. somebody. <laughs> yeah, and produced a lot of strips. And then... Uh, um, Amazon, actually, I think they, they do they do this regular novel contest, right? Or the uh, like the new novel, the next new novel, or something like that. Yep, yep. Yeah, so they did something similar for comic strips, but I believe they only did it once or twice. But there were, I think there were a few thousand entrants, and I actually managed to crack the top fifty with the strip, which was awesome. So it was really popular with readers. Cool. But then, yeah, then once it got to the um, the professionals, right, they had, uh, like, the lady who does For Better or For Worse and um, uh, the guy who does Foxtrot and things like that were on a panel. Yeah, I got cut then. <laughs> so the consumers love it. Uh, the professionals, not so much. So what the hell do they but know, also, seriously? <laughs> there's Hershey, Lynn Johnson. They're just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, but I'm so glad I, I got to sell it recently. So now it's actually for sale on Amazon uh, through Nikon eBooks. So I'm pretty happy for that as well. I got a, I got, I have a weird little uh, collection of, of stuff out there. Oh, and the hamburger contest. You wanted to know yes. about that? Right? Yes. What's the hamburger <laughs> contest? <laughs> um, are you familiar with the restaurant Five Napkins? No. That would be no. Okay. <laughs> yes, by the crickets, I can see hmm. that's a no. Um, well, Five Napkin had, I think, two or three restaurants in New York that were really popular. And I didn't know anything about them either. Um, and they were going to open one in Boston. And you know how um, uh, the in-flight magazine when you're on an airplane? Yes. So when you're going to the city, there's always a section in there that's uh, you know, talking about places to eat, things to do. And there was, I swear, like a thumbnail-sized paragraph saying that this place, Five Napkin, was going to open up. And I love hamburgers, right? And um, so I looked it up, and I was like, oh, they're having a contest. How interesting. They're going to open up in Boston, and they're having this contest. Hey, we want to add a, uh, a Boston hamburger to our, to our menu. And this was a theme that they were going to repeat in Miami and other, Atlanta, other places they were going to open up. So, I, you know, I, I swear it was like maybe ten minutes of effort because I could, um, 
you could put down either a concept or a fully formed recipe, and I kind of did something in between. I put together this hamburger recipe that was supposed to uh, exemplify New England, mm-hmm. and I won. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> so what was in your hamburger, Eric? So the hamburger is a maple syrup and maple syrup infused beef, right? So maple syrup, New England. Um, okay. And it's topped with baked Boston baked beans, uh, a little relish. <laughs> this sounds dangerous. <laughs> a, a little relish, some tomato, um, and it's on a, um, uh, it's on a, what is it? Uh, it's just a bulk, it's on a bulky roll, but I can't remember. It's a particular kind of bread. It's pretty popular around here. I was running into it. So anyway, this, this chef, Chef D'Amico, I believe his name was, Oops. he liked it. And uh, off we go. And I got I got a thousand dollars of like basically three burgers. Nice. Place. Take it. Yeah. Take it. Yeah. And then I ended up. Oh cool, yeah. Yeah. There's maybe a hundred dollars left at this point, but <laughs> it went well. I ended up. Like, well, I got. I ended up uh, in the nice. Herald. There was a uh, yeah. They had um, they opened a the restaurant. I was there. The Herald came, they take pictures and stuff, a little article. I was on a, a television show, you know, one of one of these myriad cable morning shows, and they, you know, they had the burger there and people tried. So like fan of gourmet or something? Yeah. I have to They're, know, do, have you eaten the burger? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Is it good? I, I think so. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that was kind of a damning question. It's... I'm still stuck on maple syrup infused ground beef. I can I can see that. I just worry about the baked beans. And the baked beans <laughs> don't confuse me because I know there are people who put chili on burgers. Oh, and that makes baked sense. beans aren't yeah. that different from chili. Well, they make maple baked beans, and that's pretty good. That's, that's true. Mm-hmm. I could see it being good. I guess I guess it's not far to go. So from where there is maple this beef. place? Now I'm intrigued. So it's only well, in New York? No. Well, Five Napkin is in New York, Boston, Atlanta, Miami. But there's one at the Prudential it's at the here. Pr- okay, okay, guys. Boston Comic Con. Wait a minute. Yes. We're going Comic-Con. and we're we're having your burger. <laughs> That's it. But you will not be tasting my burger. Why? You know why? They only kept it on the menu for no! one No! <gasps> I was so excited! And then you just wrenched <laughs> away my dreams just now. That was, that was uh, cool of them. I know. I went in there after about a year, and I looked on the menu, and I was like, hey, where's my hamburger? <laughs> they were like... Like, oh, that was just some promotional thing. Aww. Uh, you know what? I'm, uh, you're like, yeah, I know. But it's my I burger. feel like we should go in there and demand <laughs> yeah. it and see if they know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm a man with very simple dreams. If I, you know, I to have a hamburger on a menu somewhere was like that was fulfilling a dream. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> Are you kidding me? What, what did you call it again, Eric? Um, Give it a name. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, uh, it's just the bean town. All right, burger. we we got to get this bean back, guys. Burger. We got to start a petition. Sounds good. <laughs> Start a Facebook page. What do you Hell say? Hell yeah. Bring back the beef yeah, down right. burger. That's very cool. So, Eric, what's coming up in the future for you? 
Well, like I said, in the, the um, future. <laughs> in the future. <laughs> in the future. In the future. Eric is going everything, to everything coming out. Everything I write will sell <laughs> like gangbusters. Yes. <laughs> and you will always remember the group from Sci-Fi mm-hmm. Saturday Night. <laughs> always, always. Yeah, right now, let me see. What do, what do I have going on right now? Um, when does Blood I'm still the writing sun... short stories and putting them out. Yeah, when is Blood for the Sun coming out? That's going to be out in March 2014. That's when it's scheduled now. Okay. <laughs> Dome? So you, was that a question? Is that a question? <laughs> no, it wasn't. I was looking uh-huh. for more. Okay. <laughs> It's out in March 2014. Um, they recently put it out on um, uh, Publishers Marketplace, so that's been announced. There's uh, the covers in development. We're about to enter uh, the editing process. I've started writing the sequel. I've already got uh, plots put together for several more, should I manage to sell them. <laughs> Hopefully this one is successful, fingers crossed. Well, we will have all of our fans. You, you know what happens when, when Dome goes speechless, right? It means he has a crush on you. <laughs> Why? Because I did that with H.P. Mallory? Is that what you're saying? Because I did that with all the girls from Buffy? Is that yes. what you're saying? Yeah, good point. It's only because I'm bald. I understand. <laughs> good no, well, you saw what happened when we, when X and Dome and I walked up to the New England Horror Writers table. Look how many books we actually got people uh-huh. to buy. Because we were like, we know these people. You need to buy their book. And they were that's, all like, oh, okay. It's I'm a book. <laughs> yeah. Really? That's what, that's what you guys are doing there. <laughs> hey. We have Anything fans, for you guys. So, so when the book is ready to go out, you're coming back on the show. And we're going to have a, 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 an opening no party choice. for you here. We're kidnapping you. We're making some city. Bean Town burgers on the grill. <laughs> <laughs> we will infuse the podcast with maple syrup. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know if I want to see that. Or do I? And it will do wonders for my Dead Redhead, let's have a maple Absolutely. syrup wrestling match. Oh, we will, you know, we're going to have some fans that are going to want to put the odds on that. It'll be good. <laughs> yeah. That's a ladies Sweet. first thing right there. Fun times. That's right. Official the gorgeous time. ladies mm-hmm. of wrestling. No, the gorgeous ladies of people <laughs> syrup wrestling. <laughs> that's, that's just expensive, man. <laughs> it is. You, you know what? Real fun. Worth it. I'm that's Because <laughs> you can't thin it out with with Mrs. Butterworth. No, that would just no. be gross and sticky. No, 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 no. That's just that's just corn syrup. You need the real stuff. You want real maple syrup. Yeah, but Mrs. Yep. Butterworth is the most sci-fi that's of all. That's true. Syrup, in my opinion. Because <laughs> it comes in a cyborg little container there. <laughs> exactly. And because if any other children out there were like me, they sat at breakfast for like hours in their childhood waiting for that thing to talk about. <laughs> because you knew it could. Yeah, I knew it. Hey. I used to make my mother leave the room so that I could get Mrs. Butterworth oh, to talk wow. to me. Because hey. you knew. You know, what, you know what? You know what I'm gonna, gonna do? Say. You know yeah. I'm gonna True do this story. at this point. Good plan. <laughs> okay. What's What's coming up in the next couple of weeks? Well, next week on March 23rd, we have Mike Lane of Liftport 
We hope. If in fact he's going to be here, but we'll give it one more shot. Third time. And the week after shot. that, on March 30th, we welcome Colin Solon from Boston Comic Con to tell us about all of the awesome guests and awesomeness that we can expect there. Brianna, Colin who is that? Solon. Oh! Not the previously okay, mentioned Colin Sloan. I have no idea who that is. Sorry, Colin. <laughs> we love you. Also, Boston Comic Con. We love you guys. Yes. Sci Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con. Wait, 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 wait. What? Hey! Oh, wait, she's, she's here. here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I had it all up. I was so ready. I, I didn't do it in the voice, though. I should. Sci Fi Saturday Night! <laughs> Jesus Christ, I know. Like that. <laughs> no, that was horrible. It's... Anyway. Thank you. <clears throat> oh. Sci Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast for the Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, and of ComicArthouse.com. Visit ComicArthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music is provided by The Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold a Folk, at RobWattsOnline.com. Dome. Not only invented a hamburger, he's a writer, he's a graphic artist, and he's been a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us tonight, Eric. Well, thanks for asking me off. I want to thank our usual suspects tonight from the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana and Grammar Girls Zombarian. Thank you, Boston Comic Con. Colin Scott card is a bag of crap. <laughs> 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 the fourth of all the comics. Thank you, Dead Redhead. I do not sound like Hello! that. <laughs> 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 you, you, you kind of do. Uh, from Area 51, this is Dom saying, GD, share, <clears throat> shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus, we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. I know.